Hi, I'm Kenna Lenhoff. Hi, I'm Cynthia Sherpet. Welcome to This One Woman. We are a monthly variety show at the Hop Leaf in Chicago. It's the fourth Monday of every month, and for each of our shows, our performers are inspired by a famous woman that was chosen by the audience the month before. July's Woman of Honor is Missy Elliott. Our first performer is Kim Nelson. Kim writes for Hoes and Drinkers with Writing Problems. Drinkers with Writing Problems has their next show on August 31st at the Kedzie Inn. She's always a delight. Here's Kim Nelson. As a person who came of age in the mid-90s, I followed the career of Missy Elliott since pretty much the beginning. I remember seeing the video for The Rain for the very first time and thinking, who is this amazing badass woman? The famous inflated black suit, the fisheye lens, the oversized orange overalls, everything about that video is iconic. Missy was doing something different than all the other women on MTV at that time. Out of the 100 most popular music videos of 1997, the only women to make the top 20 were Jewel, the Spice Girls, and Fiona Apple. At that year's VMAs, the winner of the best female video was Jewel for You Were Meant For Me. Now, don't get me wrong because I love an ethereal Alaskan songstress, but looking at this list of artists, there's a very narrow representation of women. In the video for The Rain, Missy gets right in the camera's face. She's bold, confident, assertive, powerful. She's not talking about a broken heart. Instead, she's saying, I, me, I'm super duper fly, and I break up with him before he dumped me. To have me, yes, you lucky. So, kind of the opposite of Jewel. While I was researching the video for more details, I came across this quote from Missy Elliott in a 2017 profile from Elle magazine. To me, the outfit was a way to mask my shyness behind the chaos of a look. Although I am shy, I am never afraid to be a provocative woman. The outfit was a symbol of power. I love the idea of feeling like a hip-hop Michelin woman. I knew I could have on a blow-up suit and still people talking. It was bold and different. I've always seen myself as an innovator and a creative unlike any other. This surprised me a lot because I had no idea that Missy Elliott is a shy person in real life. I'm always really fascinated by performers and entertainers who are secret introverts or grew up painfully shy. When I was a kid, anytime anyone, a teacher or classmate, whoever, asked me a question or tried to engage me in conversation, I would go into shutdown mode. They wait for an answer while my throat seized in panic. It only got worse if someone said, oh, you're so quiet, or speak up, or smile. The pressure would mount until it became paralyzed by anxiety. When you're painfully shy, so much of your personality gets stuck inside you, only revealed to those closest to you. I hated being the shy kid. After all, this was the early 80s, and it wasn't cool to come out as an introvert until the very recent era of self-reflective think pieces. (laughs) In an effort to overcorrect, I became interested in acting in my early teens. Having witty dialogue prepared ahead of time was a dream come true for this Briggs Meyer INFJ. During my freshman year of high school, I auditioned for the fall musical and was cast in the chorus. Like Missy, I felt much more comfortable performing on stage than interacting in social situations with my peers. So I know to many people, it sounds crazy that I would jump at the chance to sing solo and dance in front of an audience, yet I'd break out into panic sweats anytime a teacher said, let's break up into small groups. I loved rehearsing for the school musical, but I dreaded the downtime when the cast would chill out and gossip in the wings. I would try to join the the circle of cool kids, slowly creeping up to the edge, trying to be invisible, yet also wanting so badly to belong, laughing when everyone else did like I was a movie extra. 
Right before opening night, we had a big cast dinner and a few of the lead actors handed out awards. I was awarded shyest cast member. After weeks of hanging out together, none of my castmates had gotten to know me as a person at all. I hated that award because it made me feel like a failure. I eventually grew out of my crippling shyness and fear of opening up to people as I grew older. When I majored in theater in college, the combination of live performing and easy access to alcohol helped me get over my shyness. <laughs> if I might borrow from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they were not the only ones to have a coming out of their shells tour. <laughs> While my social anxiety now isn't nearly as bad as it was when I was a kid, I still have my moments when I'd rather drop off the face of the earth than try to make small talk with strangers. For example, literally any time I have to attend an HR networking event. When Missy Elliott appeared on VH1's Behind the Music, she would only allow the interviewer in the room with her, and even requested that her management team watch the live feed from another room. This world often rewards extroverts, while introverts are expected to push themselves far out of their comfort zone to adapt. I was once criticized in my annual review at my old company for being too quiet and not engaging enough during team lunches or happy hours. Missy Elliott, on the other hand, used the clout she gained over her impressive career to make others adapt to her, literally asking the world to throw their thing down, flip it, and reverse it. <laughs> she prefers to be alone when recording and even requests that her longtime collabor collaborator, Timbaland, not be in the studio while she's working. To quote her, I'm private about recording because it allows me to be myself and not have to worry. The energy has to be right for me. If I'm in that booth and somebody's energy is off and not really moving their head or something, it may make me start to doubt what I'm doing. You gotta be careful in the energies that you let come in the room because it will make you doubt and fear and not wanna take that risk. You would never know that Missy Elliott is shy based solely off her body of work in which she often celebrates her sexuality, her ambition, and her comfort in her own skin. Now that I'm in my late 30s, I've found ways that I can express myself and let people get to know me in my own way. I write and perform, which allows me to articulate my views and share my opinions, whether the topic is feminism or which is the best season of Game of Thrones. Just three. <laughs> As an adult who's not especially gifted at singing or dancing, but loves doing both, it's hard to find creative outlets like I did in high school. So a few years ago, a friend and I started a karaoke club. Once a month, we meet at a different Chicago bar, sing a bunch of songs, and get really stupid. Um, I usually start with something from my repertoire to warm up, maybe Love Fool or Call Me Maybe, often my go-tos. A few more rounds in, I'll start branching out into newer material, perhaps Lady Gaga with full choreography. <laughs> Close to one in the morning, it may be time to dip into Toto's Africa, complete with pantomime flutes and xylophones. It gets real weird. And it has happened on more than one occasion that I found myself laying on a sticky dance floor, literally acting out the hands of a clock while one of my friends sings Turn Back Time. <laughs> it may sound silly, and it most definitely is, but it's a place in the world where I never feel shy. I guess I've just always needed a microphone, a catalog of hair bands and pop tunes, and 10 to 12 drunk people swigging pictures of old style to follow me around my whole life. So yes, the world can be easier for people who are naturally sociable and confident, but if you're not those things, you can find your own unique way. You just need to make the world adapt to you. Missy Elliott shows us that we can choose to be the inflatable suit-wearing Michelin woman we wish to see in the world. Thank you. I have actually been to karaoke club with Kim Nelson, and she does a much better job of, look what you made me do than the actual singer, Taylor Swift. Kenna, what is your go-to karaoke song? My go-to karaoke song is either um, We're Coming to America by Neil Diamond. Oh, very good. Or Living on a Prayer by um, the Bon Jovis. Oh, also very good. What's your um, go-to songs? Uh, I do enjoy... Um, Blondie sometimes. I also enjoy Billy Joel. One time I did We Didn't Start the Fire, and I think I got most of the words in. There are a lot of words in that song, Kenna. There are so many words in that song. You know what song you should never do at karaoke, even what? if your coworker Sarah tells you to do it? What? In front of all your other coworkers? You ought to know by Alanis Morissette. <laughs> not but, an appropriate song oh God, to karaoke to in front of coworkers. Oh, the coworker factor. Yeah, that's a game changer. But I'm totally going to add it into my um, go-tos 
just not with coworkers. next performer next is your friend and mine who was at our very first show miss nikki margolis oh this story is so great i think nikki is pretty cool i have to i told her this i've told her this before is that when um i first started taking improv classes at the io theater she was in a level or two ahead of me and i would was already on um, a team, and I just thought she was the most enjoyable person to watch on stage. And I still find her so enjoyable. She is such an enjoyable person. Yeah. Mickey is an alum of Second City's ETC stage, and it is always a pleasure to have her in this one woman. Thank you. Okay, hi! <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so here's something you need to know about me. I am not hip at all. I've never been hip. I'm just... I'm using the word hip, so that should like tell you a little something. Uh, I mean, look at me. I have a cold. It's the middle of summer, like this. So um, I, I had a little bit of a panic too, and I found out that it was Missy Elliott because I was like, oh god, I never listened to Missy Elliott. But I was like, wait, wait, wait. I think I know that one song. Worth it. <laughs> And then I Googled it, and I confirmed that that was indeed Missy Elliott, and that it's called Work It. Um, but I was like really proud that I was like, oh my God, I was right. Like, that's the song she sings. But I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna research. I wanna learn more about Missy Elliott. So I was reading about her, and it just led me to more things I didn't know about. <laughs> so I was like, oh, she works with, uh, she worked with SWV. <laughs> and, 702 or 702 or 702. I don't know what they prefer to be called. Uh, and, and then she obviously like produces for a lot of musicians whose music I also don't know. So um, I, I, but I, you know, and I, I do, I knew the song, you know, I knew the whole, like the, just the chorus, you know, is it worth it? Like, it's your flip away for flam, flam, flam. You know, like I knew all that and I, I like, I never really like listened to the lyrics and um, I read them, I was like, oh wow, Missy Elliott, put the pussy on you like I told ya. I was, I mean, and I think about like when she, I was really impressed because that's like an era where like, now I feel like women feel like more empowered to do that, but like, in the 90s, like that was not a thing. I was like, damn. Now I wish that, but, but I was such a prude. I mean, I, you know, I didn't know. So I, I'm, I, I have a new appreciation. So I'm glad that I got to learn a little bit about her. But I was wondering like, how did I miss this? Like how did hip hop just like pass me by? It could be number one that my radio dial was set to the oldie station in middle school and in high school. Ask me any oldie song, I do know all the words. Um, and also, like, most of the issues I have in my life, I feel like I can blame my brother uh, for this one. Because he got really into rap music, like, when he was in junior high, so late 80s, early 90s. And he would listen to, like, Fat Boys and Big Daddy Kane, uh, LL Cool J, D-Nice. Yeah, don't I sound like I know a lot about rap music? Uh, I'll Be Smooth. And, like, and, uh, and, like Cool Mo D. And who had lyrics like, I treat girls like pastry, mmm, tasty. <laughs> so like I was very, I was probably like 10 or 11, I was very turned off by these sexual lyrics. And my brother would go around, he felt empowered, you know, like every nice white Jewish boy growing up in Squirrel Hill, Pittsburgh, feels that like he could just, you know, he's, he made up his own rap lyrics. Uh, some of them were, my name, Margolis. My look, that of Ralph Lauren. <laughs> the ladies on their knees before I utter the word bend. <laughs> now, by the way, when you're growing up in Pittsburgh, it's not Ralph Lauren, it's Ralph Lauren. 
oh, are you wearing a Ralph Lauren? So that's why uh, I thought it was Ralph Lauren for years until I realized it's Ralph Lauren. Anyway, uh, let me give you some more of his lyrics. The girls swing on my jock, you see. He'd walk around the house singing that all the time. Uh, <laughs> this is my favorite. Smells like fish, but it tastes like chicken. When I'm done, there's going to be some finger licking. <laughs> so, like, you can see why I was, like, turned off of rap music, right? Like, I, I just thought, like, that's all it is. And, um... And I don't know when this happened to my brother, like when he turned into this like dirty, dirty music, because um, we, we had a band together that was called the New Yorkers. And uh, I was lead broom, he'd sing into the vacuum. And, um, and he would, uh, we'd come out, you know, as any good band has as their own theme song. And, uh, and we'd come out and we'd go, we're the New Yorkers, the new, 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 New Yorkers. And then we'd sing our song. And I do realize that that is Cool Rider uh, from Grease 2. <laughs> I'm aware of that. But that was our theme song. And, uh, and then we had a hit. My brother had the hit song that the New Yorkers were known for. You probably heard of it. Uh, it was called Sparkle in the Night. And it went, sparkle in the night. That was it. Um, it. It like it changed. And the other thing about my brother is like he had these dirty raps, but he used to. Um, my sister and I one time. He was probably in like fourth grade, and I was probably like in second grade. And he was. My sister and I were walking past the bedroom, and he was on this like vanity, sitting on top of it, like looking in the mirror, and singing. And this is 100% true. The song he was singing was, Do you want to have a baby? Do you want to make love? <laughs> so I don't know when he went from that to, I go to work like a doctor. I use my two fingers like a proctor. meant proctologist and I still think to this day he doesn't know that a proctor and a proctologist are different and that's a weird thing to confuse because <laughs> when you're taking the SAT you don't want a proctologist there uh, I will I want to end with this um, so I did actually make up one rap in my life and um, that rap I made up in seventh grade and it was so I could memorize the biological classifications for my science class. You know, like kingdom, phylum, class, order. Do you remember those? Uh, so I would like to share that rap with you now because I still remember it. And now you, too, will know <laughs> the biological classifications. And it goes like this. I walked into a kingdom, and I saw a secretary. I gave her some papers, and I said to phylum, <laughs> I could tell she had class as she put them in order. I said, do you have a hubby or a family? She said, no, but I have a brother who's a genus. <laughs> I asked her for a date. She said, sorry, I only date my species. <laughs> I think I just put my thing down, flipped it, and reversed it. If I only knew what that meant. Thank you. <laughs> Kenna, do you think you could be in a family band with your siblings? Well, my sister and I were both in the Thompson Junior High marching and concert band together. So I've already been in a band with my sister. Nice. She played the baritone and I played the French horn. We were so similar to Anne and Nancy Wilson from Heart. <laughs> Our next performer is R.C. Riley. R.C. is a storyteller and her work challenges the world's lens of sexuality. Oh, R.C.'s story was so good. She basically talked about um, when she was a go-go dancer at Berlin. Oh, wow. Here's R.C. So one of the things that I love most about Missy Elliott is her ability to, to defy modern definitions of what it means to be sexy, what it means to have real sex appeal. She tackled our worldviews of women's sexuality and beat it down like it stole something. 
I don't know another fly chick that can have her hair, makeup, and nails flawless and wear a dang on garbage bag in the video. <laughs> so although I am now very comfortable talking about and challenging conservative views on sexuality, that wasn't always the case. I was raised in a pretty strict religious household. And even though in 2001 I was 22 years old and well out of my parents' house, I was still even at 22 very uncomfortable saying words like vagina or penis out loud. <laughs> so imagine how conflicted I was when I heard Missy Elliott's get your freak on, get your freak on, get your, get your, get your, get your, get your freak on. And I found myself rocking to the beat. <laughs> now, wait a second. Was she openly saying that women should just do what they want to do and get their freak on? Yeah. But yet she wasn't actually in her lyrics being explicit about sex. This chick is cold-blooded, I thought. <laughs> Somehow I identified with her talking about one thing, yet not even needing to be explicit about it. She said what she thought, and what you thought she would say, and then even more. So the next year, I'm 23 years old now, and I take a little side gig as a go-go dancer at Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been there back around that time? All right, so on my first night, the DJ asked me what song I want to come on stage to. Now, although I was loving on Get Your Freak On, I realized that I could not come out on stage to that song. So I chose this other song. Well, it was um, written by Tweet, but yeah. featured Missy Elliott. Yes. yes, 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 we love this, we love this. So the song is called Oops. Yes. All right, all right, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. For those of you who who need to be caught up to speed. <laughs> okay, um, so basically in the song, Tweet is talking about taking off her clothes. So she's like, oops, up over my head. And so she's like taking off her shirt and dropping her skirt and all this kind of stuff, okay? However, um, my favorite part of that song was not her pulling off a top and pulling off the skirt, although I did do that on stage. Um, but it was when Missy Elliott came in. So. Tweet would say, I looked over to my left, and then Missy Elliott would say, <laughs> I was feeling so good, I had to touch myself. Okay, so she's sitting on a throne made of ice, y'all. Cold-blooded sister, on a throne made of ice. She didn't take off now one piece of clothing, she didn't show any bare skin, had some dang on chinchilla on, right? And she was talking about masturbation. That's a cold family jammer. Shit. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. <laughs> so the fact that this chick could openly talk about masturbation so comfortably just had me. I was, I was floored and I loved that line. Every time she came in, I was like, ooh, oh. <laughs> so I loved how she owned her sexuality without ever having to compromise herself. She didn't compromise herself at all. In that video, like I said, she didn't take off anything. I wanted to be like her. I wanted to own who I was as a woman, with curves, with desires, but not have to compromise my integrity and still be respected in the morning. <laughs> so it was with this in mind that I headed to this West Side house party at age 23. I walked into this basement party and um, I was eyeballing this woman. She was really fine, y'all. And my idea was that I'd go talk to her and maybe later on that night, I'd get my freak on, get my freak on, okay? All right, and still be respected in the morning. So I was at this house party. Um, I'm in my early 20s, she's in her late 20s, and she had this Halle Berry haircut and gorgeous brown skin tone. She was talking to somebody next to her so she didn't notice me right away, but like I said, I noticed her as soon as I walked in. She was about half a basement away from me. <laughs> I took one step towards her and made eye contact. And she smiled. I walked over and sat down next to her and introduced myself. Hi, I'm R.C. She sheepishly replied, I'm Wendy. For the rest of the evening, I made small talk with her and although she was pretty shy, I decided that I'd break the ice and just give her my number at the end of the night. Surprisingly, she gave me hers in return. The next day, I called Wendy, and we talked for hours. 
Although she appeared shy in person, she didn't have a problem conversing over the phone. We talked for weeks over the phone, but that just was not enough for me. I wanted to see her again. It was painfully obvious that she wasn't going to suggest that we meet up in person, so I knew that I had to be the one to take the upper hand. So I worked up the courage and asked her out on a date. So Wendy, I really enjoyed talking to you these last few weeks. I was thinking that maybe we could hang out sometime. Radio silence. My little 23-year-old spirit was crushed. But I broke the silence with, is that okay? She replied, no. I asked her why she didn't want to see me again, and she said, I'm not comfortable being in public with another girl. People don't know that I'm, that I like, you know. Yeah, I knew. But I was determined to own my sexuality as a woman and as a queer woman, respectfully, of course. <laughs> I get it, I replied. Then I asked her if I could bring dinner and a movie over to her place. Sure, she said. Now, after three weeks of chatting on the phone, I was on 10 getting ready for this date. I brought drinks and food and flowers. I pulled up to her house around 7 or 8, and she buzzed me in. The door was cracked. She had just gotten out of the bathtub, and I could see the trail of her wet footprints on the hardwood floor, leading from the bathroom to the bedroom. The bedroom door was closed, so she yelled for me to put the food on the kitchen table. I'll be out in a minute. Sookie, sookie, now, y'all, she was taking a bath for me. <laughs> I put everything on the kitchen table and realized that I left the champagne and OJ in the car. So I raced out hoping to slip back in and get our drinks ready before she came out of the bathroom. I made it. When she came into the kitchen, I had two glasses um, of her favorite drink and the Chinese food. She said that we could bring it into the living room. I thought, closer to the bedroom. Bone chicka bone bone. Yeah. <laughs> we sat down in front of the TV trays and she put in a movie. When she bent over, I was like, ooh, I looked over to the left. Ooh, I look so good, I had to touch myself. <laughs> okay, so we ate dinner and watched the entire movie. Now, I finished eating in about 10 minutes, okay? But she literally took the entire movie to eat. It was getting dark outside, and I started to wonder how long she was going to let me stay over. She didn't seem like the type of young woman that would let me stay all night on the first date. And to be honest, I wasn't that type of girl either. But her, um, <laughs> I can make an exception. <laughs> we cleared the trays and put the remaining bottle of champagne and OJ in the fridge. Then we stood in the kitchen awkwardly waiting for one another to say something next. I quickly suggested that we sit on her bed and watch a little TV before I head home. She agreed. We sat up in her bed and watched whatever was playing on the screen. And we didn't talk. We just watched the screen. I decided that I needed to take matters into my own hands. So I slid down from the headboard, turned on my side into the big spoon position. In my head, I heard, get your freak on, get your freak on. But in reality, there was just silence. And a pretty woman enjoying a movie with me, not getting into the little spoon position. <laughs> I left Wendy's house that night with my integrity, my self-respect, and acceptance of my sexuality. But don't get it twisted. When I got home, I stood in the mirror, looked over to the left, <laughs> And as Missy Elliott said, I was looking so good, I had to touch my face. Stay tuned for more from This One Woman. Hi, I'm Neil Arsenti, producer of the podcast version of This One Woman. If you're enjoying this, come and see the show live and for free every fourth Monday of the month at Hopleaf. 5148 North Clark Street in Chicago. For more information, check out the website at thisonewoman.net or like us on Facebook. And now, back to the podcast. is Lindsay Williams. She is near and dear to the heart of this one woman because she hosts Sketch Test, which is every Tuesday at Stage 773. And Kenna and I have done quite a bit of workshopping at Sketch Test ourselves. So please enjoy Lindsay Williams. 
Uh, hi, my name is Sharla Holmes. Uh, I'm just going to take this chair right here. Uh, I want to thank all you guys for coming tonight. Uh, as you know, this is Sharing with Sharla. Uh, my name is spelled with a C, but it's pronounced S-H because that's what my mom said, so I guess that's how it is now. So on this show with Sharon with Sharla, uh, you guys asked me questions, uh, and I already have some questions too that were emailed to me. Uh, I like to give advice about, you know, just whatever, you know, love, laugh, you know, things like that. So I want to say my daughter, she gave me some pieces of advice to you, so I'm going to use those tonight. Uh, so I'm going to start with the first question I got emailed to me, and it's sort of long. Uh, okay. <laughs> So I'm a manager in charge of a division at my company. Drew, in quotes, because that's probably not his real name, uh, one of the people I manage uses a wheelchair. Uh, Drew has mentioned being a paraplegic, but to my knowledge has not said anything about how or when it happened. Uh, I've never had a problem with him. Not long ago, I saw a short film online about people who believe they are disabled, but are actually not, and Drew was in it. Uh, oh, well, he is not paraplegic and does not need a wheelchair. Now, I'm confused because I don't understand what this film is about and why he was in it. But anyways, uh, so her question is, should I bring it up to him? Uh, is this something that I can talk to Drew about? So, you know what I would say to that? I'm going to go to, you know, something my daughter gave me. So, I would say to this, I would say, uh, okay, this says, I got a cute face, chubby waist, thick legs in shape, rump shaking both ways make you do a double take well you know what that tells me is just you've just got to do whatever you whatever you want because you know thick legs i think people i think women with thick legs it, it it's like having a thick brain i mean it's just you're real strong you're real strong so i think this lady's real strong so i think she just needs to confront him i think that'd be i think that'd be a good idea and rump shake it i mean if you have to you just do that do that to him i mean as you're firing him i guess uh um so let's go to a shorter question this was sent to me from cheryl this says are my contacts making me go blind well, I hope not, Cheryl, because contacts are supposed to help you see. Uh, you know what I would say to that? I would say, uh, you know, my style can't be duplicated or recycled. This, this is interesting advice. Uh, this chick is a sick individual. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, it don't matter where you come from. Uh, uh, it's where you at. And if you came to Freak the Leak, you better bring your hat. You know, I think... That's great advice because I think, you know, no, those contacts, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe you don't need those. Maybe that's just an extra, an extra piece that you don't need to add on to yourself because, you know, yeah, your style can't be duplicated or recycled. So, so maybe you should just take those contacts and just and throw them away. You know, it do, and it don't matter where you're from. It's, wh it's where you at and where you at, it seems like a good place. Uh, so that's what I would say, Cheryl. Uh, you know, real quick, I'm going to ask some people here in the audience, does anybody have a question for me? Anybody have, need some advice? Anybody? There's a man at work. Oh, okay. And I got real drunk and I hung out with him the other night. Oh, great. And nothing happened. Okay. But like a lot was not said. Uh -huh. you know? Yeah, I know. I, just, I know. Like, I know. Just the eyes. Yeah. The feelings. Yeah. Do I make a move? Ooh. Mm. You know, I, I, w I, would, I would definitely say, you know, I'm really, really hot. <laughs> and every time my records drop, radio says I won't stop because I'm killing them. So it sounds like you're killing it. So I would just go, I would go for it. I would just go for it. I would go for it. I would go for it. Uh, let's go to another question. Thank you so much. Uh, let's go to another question. This one, uh, okay, this is a little long too, but I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, I'm a D-list celebrity who hasn't had sex in nearly four years. My God, that is a long time. Uh, I'm not a prude. That's good. Uh, I'm bright, 35, divorced, don't look terrible. Okay. Uh, have nice haircuts. Uh, get manicures. Go to the gym. Uh, although I'm not obsessed with appearances either. I'm not 100% sure why it is that I haven't had sex. But I'll give you, oh, I'll give you my best guesses. Okay. Uh, first, I'm kind of famous. Uh, second, I've had a public fall from grace, and I'm worried about further public shaming. Uh, third, I think men found me intimidating because I'm successful and have a very nice house. Well, good for you. Uh, lots of books, a wine cellar, etc. My dear, uh, I fear dying without ever experiencing the, that sexual or romantic attention of a man again, and it frightens me a lot. Well, oh, that's tough. I, you know, 
my grandmother used to say, you know, we don't need men. We only need them for one thing, and that's, that's having sex. You know, that's not very good advice. I don't know why she said. Uh, you know, I would say to you, I know you heard about a lot of great MCs, but they ain't got nothing on me. So nobody's got nothing on you, okay? So I, I, think, I think you should just, you know, you should just do whatever you have to do. Go online, go to bars, just, just grab somebody, just start making out with them. Because it sounds like you've got a really a great life. It's like you got a lot of money, too. So I, I, don't, I, I don't say anything wrong with just going for it. Um, you know, our last question today is, should I use a job offer to get a raise at my current job? That seems like a real good idea. And I tried to do that once. I was a secretary for about 30 years, and I tried to use a job offer uh, to get about $1,000 more a year, and I did, I got it, yeah. Uh, it's, that was a lot of money, you know, back in the day. Uh, so, let's see, I would say the definition of mommy is not a chick with kids, that's true. Uh, mommy means the boss, the money maker, the man taker, the provider, the low car rider. You know what, lady? I, I don't think you even need to work in an office anymore. You should just, you should just be a mom full time and just do what you want. I don't care, you know, scrapbooking or making jewelry. Uh, I, I think, I think that would make you real happy. So, uh, once again, I am Sharla. Uh, you can talk to me after the show if you need more advice. Thank you. Hey, Cynthia. Hey, yeah. What is the most Portland thing you've done this week? Well, I will tell you, Kenna, I have a, a fun fact for you this week that ties into the theme of our show, which is I watched a TV special that uh, where I learned about this woman, this one woman named Lola Baldwin, and she was one of the first police women in the United States. And there's like a little bit of debate about who exactly was the very first female police officer i think it has to do with semantics of like were they full-time how did they get hired how cool was their badge i don't know but anyway she's definitely one of the first three and portland had an exposition in 1905 in honor of lewis and clark you know how chicago had that world's fair in honor of yes. columbus and it was like mm -hmm. murder-rama because of H.H. Holmes. So yes. Portland knew that these big fairs bring lots of women who may not be familiar with the city, maybe traveling on their own. And, and it brings murderers. And it brings murder and mayhem. Um, so this woman, Lola Baldwin, who she'd already been involved in the city through like civic organizations and volunteering and had some legit skills for uh, helping people out and interviewing people, AKA investigating and keeping the peace and all that. So they thought with all these, all the single ladies, all the single ladies coming to Portland for this fair, we should probably have a female authority figure that they feel comfortable with taking care of them. First she worked at the fair and then it was actually a couple of years later that they made her an official detective. Detective Lola, which also, can someone please make a TV show about Detective Lola? Just think of all the period And I think costumes. the title should be Detective Lola. Oh my God, right? She sounds like a real badass woman and she lived well into her 90s, so she got a lot of work done. So Kenna- Good job. Thank you. Um, and thank you to Oregon Public Broadcasting, uh, what is the most Chicago thing that you have done lately? Well, it's been, this past weekend was in the high 90s, Oof. so I knew I needed to do something to deal with this, and I thought, ugh, it's too much work to go to the beach. It's not too much work. It's a mile and a half from my house, but I felt the sand will be too hot, and yeah, and all that, so I was like, I'm just going to go to my local Chicago Park District pool because it's free. Yeah. And I think that's really one of the great things about Chicago is how the park districts are really there all around the city for the community members. And but, so I went to my local pool and it was closed. No. And I was so upset about it. I was like, oh, am I going to have to do the work and go to the beach? But I'm in the great situation where I live in between two different pools and I found another one to go to and was able to go swimming and it was great. And it was not even a crowded pool. Oh, I was going to say, like, how many children did you have to elbow out of the way? Um, honestly, I would say that pool at the most had 40 people in it at the most. 
And the children hung out near the um, three-foot area, and the adults all hung out. You know, adults without children, obviously, hung out in the deeper end. And it was just great and enjoyable, and I've decided that this is my new pool, and I'm not telling anybody which one it is. (laughs) So that's the most Chicago thing I did is choosing the pool versus the beach because it was less work. Nice. Oh, I also went to a Cubs game. Oh. <laughs> I totally forgot. <laughs> Our next performer is Jillian Ebanks. Jillian is a comedian you can see performing all over the Chicagoland area. She is currently performing in Burlesque is More at the Annoyance and is a member of BAPS Comedy. Here's Jillian. I would like to tell a story about love and loss and disappointment. Um, Yeah, I normally do stand-up, but I like to do poetry sometimes, so I'm glad you guys are going to indulge me into my poetry. So it was an evening. And it was ladies' night, and my rhymes were very tight. Uh, It was ladies' night, oh, what a night it was, oh, what a night. Um, And I went to this bar, and I hate when I go to a bar or a club, and I see a girl and a guy, and they're together, and the girl is looking at me all some type of way. Because I'm like, I don't want your man, because I got it like that, and it don't even got to be like that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like... Crazy because sometimes it's like, yo, man, he be calling me back. He says, I'm fine. As a matter of fact, that ain't on me, that's on him. You know what I mean? And like, you know, he likes the way I put my jeans over my baby fat, you know? <laughs> also, I would just like to say, fuck Russell Simmons. Okay, while we're on the subject, while we're on the subject of baby fat, fuck Russell Simmons. So I told the girl, I was like, listen, I don't know what type of tricks you're playing, but I should warn you, I don't want your man, okay? I like going to the club because when I walk up in the piece, all eyes are on me. You know what I'm saying? I ain't even got to speak. I'm a bad member, jamming, God damn it. Y'all people ain't got nothing on me. Okay. <laughs> if you ever see how I'd be studying these hoes. Because <laughs> I talk like I know. Ain't stop talking about sticking or licking. Just mad it ain't yours. Okay. Now, I know some of y'all in here are poor, y'all broke. Y'all jobs just hanging up clothes. That's no disrespect to anyone that works at a dry cleaner. <laughs> but if you step to me, you gonna get burnt like toast. Motherfucker, adios, amigos. Si yo puedo hablar en español, si necesito. Okay. So anyways, so I be going to the club and sometimes it's hard when you look like me because you know, like, I got a cute face, you know, chubby waist. Uh, you know, thick legs, but they kind of in shape, you know. I got a rump shaker both ways, make you do a double take, you know what I'm saying? I'm a plan rocker, I'm a showstopper, I'm a flow flop, I'm a head knocker, beat staller, tail dropper, do my thing, motherfuckers, okay? So I'm out at this club, right? Still at this club. This guy comes up to me, this is the gentleman, and he was like, and I was like, ooh, he's kind of cute. So I went to him and I was like, sir, What's your name? Because I'm impressed. Can you treat me good? I won't settle for less. Because I know my worth. I won't settle for less. You know what I mean? And I was like, you kind of hot boy, a rock boy, a fun toy, tote a Glock boy, because this is Chicago, and it is a concealed in, you know, Cary State. And I was just curious if he had a gun, because I just like to know what I'm getting into. Okay? And then I was like, where you live, is it by yourself? Because I don't like dealing with roommates. Um, can I move with you? I could be some help, because I'm very helpful. I cook boy, I give you more, you know, I'm a fly girl, and you know, I like my hot boys. Thank you. And he was being all modest, and I was like, I know you heard about me, B-A-D-C-H-I-C, okay, looking sexy. <sighs> man. <laughs> Make them bitches hate me. You see that girl over there hating on me, and I don't even want a man. And I'm like, she not me, they're just one me. I'm the M to the I, double S, Y, E. It's crazy. And when the lights come on, I transform. Give me that dick, baby. Come, come on, because I'm forward. (laughs) I could do it all night to the break of dawn. You know, sometimes they call me a Jezebel because I freaks out, do it well. Got extensions in my hair. Not right now, they're not in. uh. But you know, bad girls is y'all up in here. And then I was like, 
I can be your addiction if you want to get hooked on me. Uh, rest in peace, Kennedy Kane. All right. And then he said to me, he was like, in his, I'm going to do my impression of him. He was like, uh, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect, but you're perfect for me. Nobody's perfect. Hey, hey, hey. But you're perfect for me. And I was like, okay, we rolling, we riding. He likes to go inside and we rock the boat, Poseidon. Also, while we're saying rock the boat, rest in peace, Aaliyah. I feel like that's appropriate for this room. Uh, fuck the rock the boat video. Fuck the rock the boat video. And while we're bringing up Poseidon, has anyone seen the new Aquaman trailer? Because I really am not into the DC movies, but Kyle Drogo makes a girl. <laughs> Anyways, Lisa Bonet, God bless her. God bless Lisa Bonet. And then he was like, I love to call your name, name, name. And it was a wonderful time, right? So we go back to his place. <laughs> and we're, <laughs> and we're in the Uber. And I'm like, I'd like to get to know ya so I can show ya. Put the pussy on ya, like I told ya. Give me all your numbers so I can phone ya. Because it occurred to me, I still didn't have this man's number. <laughs> okay? And then we get to this place, I'm like, not on the bed, let me on the sofa. Because his bed just wasn't made and the sofa looked cute. And then I was like, call before you come, I gotta save my chocha. But like, also like, you don't have to save your chocha. That's just the mood I was in. Pussy hair is normal. Okay. <laughs> and then I was like, go downtown and eat it like a bocha. Because uh, it's 2018, we're not dealing with men that don't go down on women. You know what I mean? And then I was like, ra ta 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 Sex me so good, I say blah, blah, blah. Work, excuse me, bartender, I need a glass of water. <laughs> Thank you. And I was like, yeah, boy, I'm gonna make you love me, I'm gonna make you want me. I wanna give you some attention, you know? And so we decided to get a freak on, cause Missy be putting it down, okay? I told y'all motherfuckers, y'all can't stop me now. And then would you guys believe it? He was a one minute man. <laughs> So I disappeared, I ghosted him. He kept finding me, he was popping up at shows, he was popping at work, and I was like, why you all in my grill? And then he was like, but I like you. And I was like, well, if you like me and you a woman and man, can you pay my bills? Can you pay my bills? Because I really need to know. And so I was like, let me know if you will, because a chick gotta live, I do gotta live. He ended up not paying my bills and we went home, and now I sit and listen to the rain against my windows. <laughs> Thank you guys. <laughs> Closing out our Missy Elliott show is Scott Duff. Scott calls himself a professional gay because he does shows on radio and on stage and in theater that promote LGBTQ issues and entertain everyone. Hey, listener, do yourself a flavor. Do people still say that? Do yourself a flavor and go to our website, thisonewoman.net because Scott has one of our featured videos when he gave us his thoughts on Joan Jett. Here are his thoughts on Missy Elliott. Okay, I'm sorry, I have to apologize right up front because I love Missy Elliott. I got my Missy Elliott shirt on right now. I love her and I'm gonna try not to blither. Like, I mean, when you were talking, naming off like SWV and 702, I'm like, where are my girls at? From the front to back, and let me feeling that. Put a one hand up, can you repeat that? Try to take my man, see I don't need that. Like, I'm sorry, it's, I'm a 14 year old girl trapped in the middle-aged white man's body. It's what it is. Um, love Missy Elliott. Like, I'm sorry, I'm, like I'm giddy right now with excitement. Uh, so my boyfriend and I, uh, don't have kids, and like many couples without kids, we are happy uh, uh, and obsessed with, <laughs> and we're obsessed with our dog. Uh, so, like, we talk for him, he speaks to us, you know, that whole horrible thing. Uh, so, we'll surprise none of you uh, when I got a text message from my boyfriend one day while I was at work, and he said, You will never guess what our dog just called me. Uh, I'm like, uh, what? What did, he, what did he call you? He called me a sucker MC. Uh, really? Really? Where did he hear that? Missy Elliott. I'm like, okay, I get it. Because we're a big Missy Elliott kind of 
uh, family, uh, I guess you could say. Uh, we figured out that he calls us sucker MCs because we pick up his poop. Um, he's like, hmm. He makes eye contact the whole time. Uh, I too uh, fell in love with Missy Elliott uh, 21 years ago in 1997 with uh, Super Duper Fly when it came out. This is what she's wearing. This is kind of a mix up of Super Duper Fly and Under Construction. Well, it's a hybrid here. Uh, the thing that, aside from just like an incredible music and just like what she was doing, um, and just the images, the thing that really stood out for me with Missy Elliott was here is a woman who was not a small woman to begin with, who had the audacity to put on something even bigger and take up space. And that's what she's been doing ever since. She has been taking up space. To me, Missy Elliott is the David Bowie of hip hop. She changes, she is from outer space if you haven't watched her videos, you should go. Right now there's been a big campaign for her to try to get the, uh, the MTV Video Vanguard Award because for some reason, after 21 years of groundbreaking videos and visuals, she still hasn't gotten it. But a lot of white dudes have. Uh, very weird. Hmm. So watching her and watching a huge singer-songwriter, she's a producer of many, many uh, other, with other artists. She's a prolific artist. She just keeps creating and creating and creating. Um, and her albums kind of spoke with me at each kind of juncture in my life. Uh, Missy Elliott's So Addictive is basically a love song to ecstasy. It is an entire CD about a drug. Um, and I was doing a lot of it at the time. <laughs> And I'm like, this is great. And you actually, if you play it, if you take it and then you play it at the very beginning, <laughs> like it, like you get to like get your freak on and you're like, wait, what? something's going on here. You get the dang, 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 dang. You're like, uh, but then when you hit to party people, like, ow, people, gangsters and pimps and people. It's like, yes, like you are on that trip. Like, it's amazing. And it's like, all right, so you're going to talk about drugs for an entire thing. Um, and then a couple years after that, she put out Under Construction, uh, which at the very beginning, she's like, hey, this is what this album's all about. I am under construction. Uh, I'm trying to be a better person. I'm trying to let go of the haters. I'm trying to celebrate the people that are in my lives. You know, right now I'm walking down a lot of church aisles that were supposed to be for weddings, but they're there for uh, funerals right now because she, Aaliyah had just passed, who was a big, like, she worked very, very closely with her. Their best friend, I think, quick side note to tweet. <laughs> I think. Oh, yeah. Thank you. All right. There you are. Thank you. I know. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. So you should hear that song tweet. Oops. There goes my shirt up over my head. Oops. There goes my skirt. Yeah. It's. Yeah. But then there's also the great line that was wrapped like, oop, there goes my kids all over your face. It's so gross. But uh, you know what I'm saying? All right. There we go. Anyway, I digress. But I digress. So Under Construction was all about like celebrating change and she had these great great anthems in there, you know, like back in the day that was celebrating the origins of hip hop and how it was great the music just to bring us all together. And it was a time where, you know, you would stay outside in the summertime until the lights came on and you had to get home. Uh, one of my favorite lines is like my mom would say, we would be straight A kids if we did our homework, like we knew those songs, knew those songs. It's great. Uh, that's also where work it comes from, which, you know, you can put your thing down, flip it and reverse it. It's near from a nipperat, you know, come on. If you got a big, let me search you. Find out how hard I got to work you. It's near from a different right now. Come on. All right. Uh, so I, 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 I love her music. It really, really speaks to me. Uh, and then she kind of disappeared after, after that album. And I remember, what's it like, about five years ago? when Katy Perry was doing the Super Bowl halftime show and there was a blizzard in Chicago and I was supposed to like literally go across the street to a friend of mine. I'm like, I'm not leaving the house, you know, but I will go upstairs in my building to, you know, the best lesbians that I know to watch football. That's who you're going to watch football with. <laughs> and I was, we were just like having a great time and we're watching the halftime show and fuck Left Shark, you know, fuck all that other stuff that happened there. But that was the, the, um, the Super Bowl halftime show where about three quarters of the way through, uh, it stopped and then you heard, ding, dinger, dinger, ding. I got goosebumps all up and down my arm, like, wait, what? And then you heard, 
Then you heard ding, dinger, dinger, ding. No, no, no. And she pops up and gives the performance of a lifetime. She's just amazing. And of course, the next couple days, like Twitter's coming out going, oh my God, Katy Perry is so great for giving new performers a chance. I'm like, weep for the future. It was just so sad, but more people got to know Missy Elliott. Two years, no, three years ago, because it was in November of 2015, uh, she released the song WTF. It was my jam for a while. Like, I live a good 20-minute walk to the L, so I'd just put in my, you know, my, my, my little headphones there, and I'd stomp it on out there. You know, the dance that you're doing is dumb. How to do where you're from. You know, like, I love it. Just, like, do that, the whole thing. Uh, I loved it so much that I decided, like, I, <laughs> it's really bad. But, uh, so around uh, in January, after I'd learned the entire thing, I'd, like, I'd listened to it for months on end, I decided that I was going to uh, make a Dub Smash video. Are you familiar with Dub Smash? You are, are, do you, Dub Smash, in case you don't know, is an app that you can get put on your phone. It's perfect for frustrated drag queens like me. You know, I should not do drag. I look like a Slavic Betty Page. It's horrible. But you can lip sync to whatever, and it's, you know, it shoots you like about 10 second worth of video. And I'm like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little dub smash video of Missy Elliott. And I was downtown in like at an underground station. I'm like, you know what I'm gonna do? <laughs> Missy Elliott is so futuristic and so forward thinking. I'm gonna do this on the escalator going up <laughs> to capture this perfectly. She would like that. <laughs> so I get my phone all ready. I get off the train, I'm like, watching people go by, watching people go by, watching people go by, because I'm not going to do it in front of anybody there. <laughs> not going to do that. So people, are, people have left. I get my phone ready at the appropriate angle so I look like a child at the bottom of a well, so I get cheekbones, you know, that whole thing. And I've got WTF all queued up. I'm on that escalator going up. It's like, because I'm different, ripping chip, microphone gripping and getting the, oh shit, I messed up and I had to go back down the stairs. I did that four times, four times, until I finally got it right. And I just sent it on, I'm like, man, I'm like Missy Elliott, you're my spirit animal, I love you. <laughs> At 3.08 on January 8th, 2016, ding, Missy Elliott likes your tweet. At 3.09, January 8th, 2016, <laughs> bing, Missy Elliott is following you. <laughs> and she won't stop calling me. <laughs> it's at four o'clock in the morning. It's like, Mr. DJ, won't you play that song? Tell the freak, shake, pain, nasty song. Cause we's about to party to the early morning. Time to lick shots. No, Missy, it's time to go to bed. Thank you very much. Uh, so Missy has like always, she's informed me as an artist. She's incredible. She's a huge inspiration. Uh, and that is why my dog, after every poop, just looks up at me and goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yak it to the yak, and then walks away. Thank you very much. Thank you to all of our performers, and thank you, Kenna, for co-hosting another fabulous edition of This One Woman. And if people want to be in the room where it happens, as Alexander Hamilton would say, when and where can they come to see our next live show? Our next live show is Monday, August 27th at Hopleaf at 730. It's a delightful bar and restaurant, and the show is upstairs. So grab a drink, have a bite, and then head up the stairs for some fabulous comedy and variety. Our next show will be Madonna. Ooh, Madonna. And guest hosting with me will be... Hey, Neil. Do you want to guest host with me? Uh, okay, yeah. Will be Neil Arsenti. All right. Check us out at thisonewoman.net. Like us on Facebook. And subscribe to us on iTunes. Let us know what you think about the show so far. We're open to suggestions, right, Kenna? Of course. I'm easy to talk to. I'm not a picky bitch. No, not like it says on our website. No. 
That's a joke. All right, come on over to the Hop Leaf, 7.30 on Monday, August 27th. See you next time. This One Woman was created and produced by Kenna Linoff and Cynthia Scherpetz, who also hosted and wrote this podcast. Music for This One Woman podcast was written and performed by John Steinmeier. The This One Woman podcast was produced by myself, Neil Arsenti. We'll see you next month.